2: Welcome to a really special episode of The Nero Show, featuring one of YouTube's biggest bike reviewers, GC Performance. In this chat, we're gonna talk about the do-it-all road and gravel bike. Is it actually worthwhile? Clincher versus tubeless road tires? How much money is he actually making from YouTube? And the big question, how many watts does he do in his sprint? But we're gonna start the chat with a look forward into what he's expecting for the rest of 2023 and into 2024. All right, let's get into it.
0: Bicycle brands aren't what they used to be. Before it used to be year twenty twenty two, my rep would come up with a catalog and say, Hey, here's a whole line of tarmacs, venges, colorways, models, every single bike. And they'd be like, This is your catalog book, you hold this, and that's this. Now it just seems like every brand nowadays is like every other month, like, this is the new BMC team machine. This is the best thing out. And then like they like then they just like release another bike down the road. Like it's weird how they're releasing everything. Like they they don't even give us a chance to order it. it just shows up on Instagram. I'm like oh shit, hey, how do I get that? Like I don't even get a, I don't even get a <laughs> phone call anymore.
2: Do you think we'll see? Do you think we'll see red? Yes. Uh, a new SRAM Red before
0: I so I I do think that SRAM Red was supposed to come out with something this year, but I do think that with all those SRAM Red group sets that they have, and like you go to competitive cyclists, you go wherever, um, you go to these manufacturers like JBI, quality or me even calling SRAM. I know they have tons of groups in stock. I think that they would uh, screw themselves over if they release something new and they'd have to discount all that. Yeah, circuit. gotcha. I do think it'll yep. come out though soon. Obviously, I think there's a new video by Road.cc that they showed some kind of new superbike. bike, like a BMC.
1: Yeah, it was a new BMC yep. tire machine.
2: But- yeah, we called it, Jesse. We called
1: it. Looks it looks like
0: a damn yep. uh, mountain bike fork in the front.
1: On the, the tire clearance thing is quite weird because a similar vein on this bike radar bike of the year they announced for 2023 was this Vitus Venon sort of all road thing and Dave Arthur did a video on it saying it's it's road and gravel and it's got clearance for 40 mil wide tyres is anyone, who's this for? (laughs) Is someone really going and doing a crit and then changing the wheels and going and doing a a four hour gravel ride is this, because to me it makes no sense, I would never use this
0: but for that to win bike of the year, it, it, do, have you seen anyone, Grant, that would ask for this? I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I've never. So I've never heard of this bike brand ever. In terms of someone talking to me, I never even realized this bike. I think I saw the David Arthur video thumbnail. I, I didn't click on it. It just looked like a normal every other bike out there. Now, um, but man, I don't get it. Like 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 you said, I don't think. There are customers that come to my store that say, I want to start biking and I want to do triathlons and also road bike and maybe gravel. And I'm like, that's not possible. It's just physically like, <laughs> like I say, hey, they, they make these bikes for a reason. Let's kind of yeah. figure out which one you want to do the most and we'll go from there. But like you said, to have this mm-hmm. bike and then to buy gravel wheels for it, it sounds good on paper. And I have had a customer who's done that. They bought a Crux and they to buy road wheels with it. and like, oh, I'm going to swap this out. But you have to buy wheels, tires, tubes, cassettes. Uh, disc brake rotors. Then when you take off your wheels and put these on, then the, they don't line up right. The shifting, the rotors rub, and then like yeah. they never do it again. And people just get pissed. I I don't get why this either. This company has really deep pockets, and they. There's, but there's other things. There's other things though, because your gearing would
1: be different. Yeah. If you if you I we're saying like we're talking competitive competitive on the road, not just I want to do one road ride a month. If you're a road rider, maybe you go for a club ride. You need bigger gearing. Yeah. The position, I mean, the position you're going to want to be in on a road on a club fast club ride, you're not going to want to do four hours on gravel on that. No. I, don't, I don't get
0: it at all.
2: This is total bullshit. It is complete fake news. And I'm not sure whether to go the route of, oh, it's it's some sort of conspiracy theory or it comes back to this thing of like it almost being an easy it's like an, an easy category for, for these magazines to choose as the bike winner because they can always just turn and say, oh, but it's got this added ability that you can ride it on-road and off-road. And you your initial thing is like, oh, yeah, that sounds that sounds like a really good thing. Yeah. And then you kind of walk away from that and go, when the fuck would I yeah, do that? Exactly. Like, as as you said, and I just, okay, I watched some of this, this um, Unbound stuff. Those bikes get fucking yeah. trashed, absolutely trashed. So, and which is fine, but you want a bike for that, to, to said trash. <laughs> You're not then going to turn around, and clean it on, on Saturday night, and on Sunday night and Sunday go do a crit on the same bike. Like, it's not a thing. And I'm actually just, I don't know why I'm getting all high pitched about this, <laughs> but anyway, I'll come back down. So, that, that, that bike won Bike of the Year on Bike Radar. It won. Bike of the, the Year on Cycling um, Cycling Weekly as the endurance winner, and it also won their Bike of the Year. So crazy. like three awards. What did you um, say,
0: out of 25 bikes, including some of the biggest names in the cycling industry? Yeah. <laughs> like
2: the the only thing I p- potentially could say here is this is one thing that could be just pure regional bias of us in Australia and where you are in the US, we don't live, sorry, the UK in a place where it is shit weather for long periods of time. And people do do the winter bike thing. And I can kind of see where this plays a role there, where you put, you know, winter wheels or whatever it is on through for like 10 months of the year, because that's how long that period of time lasts. And then for the nice part of the year, you put your good wheels on and away you go. I kind of get that as an angle, but yeah, this... It did wear out, though.
1: That's the whole point of having a winter bike.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: But just to claim that it's bike of the year is, it it almost reminds me of, like, the politics over here, like, you got deep pockets.
1: But They wouldn't have deep pockets because it's a value brand. It's not even a
0: top level... Maybe they make so much money off being value that they got the deep pockets. (laughs) But, but I to me again, I don't think it's that
2: it. I th- I just think it's like it's it's like the lazy thing that the bike reviews maybe we'll talk about bike reviews at some point, but like I was even reading some reviews on um the chapter two Coco, yeah. right? Which is their aero race bike. And it was a really good review in terms of like the specs and like the geometry stuff. It's stuff that I when I'm doing reviews, I'm like, oh, I can sit on it. <laughs> Um, it's like way too good, uh, way with that. But then, like they have this whole section of the review for their race aero bike on how it performed on gravel, and what? I'm like, what? Yeah, what's the point of that? Like, it, what? Are, what is? What? Are, <laughs> what are we talking about here? So I, I almost feel like uh, I don't think people are really doing that. I just feel that the the reviewers, as such, have kind of got to. They feel like they have to put this in. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but yeah, I, I just can't see that being a deciding factor on someone buying a race aero bike being, oh, it performs really well on the loose stuff. I mean, stuff.
0: it's it's definitely aimed right. towards that new consumer. It sounds good on paper. Dual use bike. You got some guy who's looking for a bike to get into, maybe wants to start doing group rides. He's like, oh, well, I want a bike that maybe my buddy does a gravel ride this day. I could do a road bike ride this day. And it's a cheaper price, which looks good on paper again, but like. Then that's when they come into my store and say, Well, I'm looking at this bike, the the Venon, what do you got? I'm like, no, that doesn't really doesn't make any sense. And then I have to sit there and like explain <laughs> a gravel bike's better for this, it's a different geo, or this race bike's great for this, or that's yeah, crazy. I, I didn't I didn't even know about this, to be honest with you.
1: Doesn't it uh, to me it's the wastage. Someone's gonna buy that because it sounds really like a great idea. Give it six months, and I bet you they'll get buyers remorse because yeah. they'll go, oh. It actually doesn't really do either of the things I want, yeah. and they're still going to want the two other bikes. <laughs> True. What? Yeah. So you're in Flo- you're in you're in Florida. Mm-hmm. This gravel thing. Yes. I, I, I can't tell oh how popular it is. Like, are we being are we being lied to? Do you get a lot of people coming in
0: looking for gravel? Stuff, yeah. So, or is s- gravel just, just online? No. So gravel bikes, bikes now are really picking up. One really. To be honest with you, is, a, is a majority of the road guys may be looking for a change of scenery because our road that people ride on, it's not like these scenic routes that we see you guys riding with, like the trees, ups and down. We got one road, which is A1A. You go out of my store, you bust a right, and we got the ocean, which is beautiful. You're riding next to mansions and beaches and beautiful scenery, but it's the same thing every day, 30 miles down, 30 miles back, 30 miles down, 30 miles back, and it's just all to all fast. So maybe they're looking for a change of pace, but also safety to the gravel to get off the road. There's a lot of traffic where we're at. And um there's a levee right now. There's a levee where the Everglades is, where the Alligators are. And there's it's it's Beautiful. literally like maybe like 100 miles or 60 miles um depending on which way you go of just like hard pack gravel. And again, it's nothing there. Nothing nothing's up and down, yeah. but it's just like a different scenery. And the people have the money mm-hmm. for the bikes, but uh the races wise they're starting to pick up. They weren't as big. They're starting to pick up now. We got uh, bike shop supporting them. Uh, You've got uh, uh, event coordinators supporting them. They have some pretty cool trails as well. So they are picking up in that terms as well. Um, and we sell a ton of the gravel.
1: I feel like that's the reviewing of the bikes and then just including the gravel bits is, is kind of just pandering. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's,
2: talk, let's talk about some bike reviews then because we've got, we've got one of the... See, okay. Okay. Yeah. Grant, do you call yourself no. a bike reviewer?
0: No. Uh, I'll get so many comments oh. on me all the time in my every single video. It doesn't fail. Someone goes, "Why don't you ride the bike and tell us how it feels?" I'm like, "Man, I don't know. Like, I could be super fat and overweight that day and not ride for a month. And then, what I'm telling you how an arrow race bike feels to me, it's gonna be uncomfortable for me. I haven't been on a bike. That's like me lifting a weight and I'm working out. I'm gonna be sore. So, like, can you really? Oh hey, hold on a second.
2: Oh, Hey, kid. Here we go. <laughs>
0: Mini Grand, <laughs> live action. Oh, wait. Hey, so I'm not a bike review at all by any means. Are we, we going to redo it? No, <laughs> okay, that's fine.
2: Keeping uh, that in for sure.
0: He's so thrown. Look at I, him. He's dude, I'm, like my wife is like she's like they're doing like a mommy makeover and like she has like a face mask on with my daughter and then my son runs in. Here. Oh my god! Okay. Uh, but no, by all means, I, that's why I don't get, it's not like a car where these car reviewers get in there and it's the same engine. Every time the the car feels exactly how it's going to feel, you step on the gas, it's going to perform the same way every single time. If I get on the bike or if Jesse gets on the bike, he's going to have a complete different reaction to how that bike re- re- responds. He's going to put down different power than me. He's going to be maybe more flexible to a point where it might feel more comfortable to him. Uh, he might be more endured where it, like any bike he gets on, he's more comfortable at it. whereas I can get on there and just be like, say I'm a bike reviewer. Uh, and, and just ride it and be like, yeah, I noticed I was really stretched and my neck hurt and the bike didn't respond as well as, as this day, or maybe even just some days, you know, your power levels off, you ride it for a little bit, you have a shitty couple of days, you like, this bike felt like trash. I feel like that, that sometimes happens a lot. And I hear that a lot too from people who buy bikes and I get those two different customers. I get like, you know, one guy will say this bike is the best bike you ever rode way better than his last bike. And he's happy with his purchase. And then I'll get the another customer, same level, say, it's slow, sluggish piece of crap. He wish he never bought it. So. so
1: can I push in on that then? So if someone comes in and you, they're deciding between a few different bikes you have on the floor, what are you, given that you're not a reviewer, you say, yeah. and you haven't ridden them in depth, how are you making suggestions
0: to them so, not based on how they ride, what else is there to? I don't ask, like, what how are they ride, I ask them what they're looking to accomplish with getting this bike. Like, say, like, what are you looking to do? One to two rides a week? Are you looking to smash crit r- races? Are you looking to do weekend rides? Are you looking to just get in shape? Because I do have those people coming as well. Um, and then from there, kind of base it off a of geometry of the bike, maybe push them towards a the Roubaix if they're more endurance. Uh, if they really mm-hmm. want to grow into a bike, and maybe if they're a novice and they want to grow into something that can, can uh, not hinder them. And their abilities, maybe push them a little bit more of a race bike. And uh, and also the best thing about my job, which I tell people this all the time, and the reason why I think it is good is because I have such this big stew of feedback from everyone. I get it from category one racers, I get it from the Miami Blazers guys and uh the Canyon bikes, I get it from uh everyone. I get it from the ca- Weekend Warriors, the Couch guys, and the crit one racers on the same bike model. So I can kind of get like a good overall median of what that bike is performing and say hey this is this is what I've heard and uh this works best for this guy or whatever
2: I think that's your massive value yeah. add just quietly yeah. like that is like you you're like yeah a sponge to all this information you're one of the few people also not only like just getting that local stuff but you're also fully engaged in the the kind of YouTube stuff and the online stuff which no offense but most bookshops in this country don't do um, like you're sponging all that info and I and I reckon that that is definitely No I sort mean of I mean
0: to the to the point I'll from. say this is that like I'll have people that come in looking for a tarmac and then I'll say, Well, what about the Trek Madone? I'm looking at that as well. And I'll honestly fly out, say, that's a great bike. I know people who ride them. They I know people who perform really well on them. They look cool. I'm like, I can't really bash that bike at all, except for the point I don't sell them. And uh, mm. you know, if if they're in that price point, they have the pockets for it. I'm like, I do think it looks like a cool bike. So I will definitely be honest as possible. I'm not looking to force someone onto a bike just to make a sale because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that they're happy with their purchase. If they're happy with the purchase, then they're going to want to come back in my store more. They might get more enthusiastic about the sport, maybe buy some more stuff. But I don't want to be like, hey, this is the bike you need. Track is trash. That bike's trash. This bike's trash. I'll never do that.
1: So how come you don't do that on YouTube then? And maybe that's what we should do here is the <laughs> mm. grant. What does the world think of the specialized LA elite? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, like... Because you I mean—you do your overview videos, but I don't actually know. I would love to have like a peek inside your head at what all the different
0: opinions, <laughs> good and bad, you've heard on every bike. I, I really try to Can keep it that? very, very just... just a, Not opinionated. I try to keep it very... I read what the company says and I try to just give the specs of the company saying whatever the company is, even Trek or whatever it is, um whatever they whatever they're putting on their website i'll say this is what trek is saying about their bike and you have to really do be as a as a end user consumer or whatever it is nowadays you have to be knowledgeable and be okay with your decision you have to put some kind of credibility on yourself or i'm sorry what's the word i'm looking for um what's the word i'm looking for like like you have to hold yourself accountable for the purchase you're about to make Mm. and really can't point anyone else i'll put out everything i know about this bike in terms of specs the geometry, the endurance, maybe they change this to the bike, and you could take that information, but then at the end of the day, I don't want you to buy this bike because I said, oh, this bike's way faster than last year's bike, or this bike's way better than this bike in this category. Mm-hmm. And then they come in, they buy it, and they're like, no, it wasn't, this bike's better, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like there has to be some kind mm-hmm. of end consumer cred- uh, accountability. Uh, all right, what?
2: this is just pure, uh, like, what happened? You're just saying what happened. Has there been a bike recently that a customer brought back and said, actually, you know what? I don't like this.
0: Like not YouTube, just sales?
2: Yeah. Um, like and not, this isn't necessarily having a go at the bike. It's just that bike okay. didn't work for that Whenever person.
0: someone's going from an alloy bike to a carbon bike or to like, like there was an instance where I had a guy who was really quick and he was running a pretty base model bike. A base model carbon bike with 105. And he was looking at getting an S-Works Venge at the time. Deep dish, 64 wheels, flat roads. I'm like, man, this bike will be a massive improvement from what you're looking at. I'm like, I kept on telling him, I said, massive in terms of like, massive in terms of marginal. You're going to feel it. But yeah, it's like, yeah. like, but like, you're not, it's not going to be like five mile an hour faster. Ah. But I'm like, you, it's something that a rider who's of your caliber will notice. And once they have that, they're not going to want to go back. And then after you got the bike, I was like, how you did the ride? He came in I was like, how you like the bike? He's like, I'm like, dude, you like it? He's like, he's like, oh, it's that's whatever. It wasn't that much faster. I felt like I was kind of fast on my other bike. I'm like, all right, dude. I was like, I was like, you know, like, I couldn't say anything bad about it. I was like, yeah, well, you know, keep on riding. You're gonna feel better. Like, I don't know. Like, but then after a while, he never gave me that satisfaction answer of, like, yeah, I loved it. It was just always kind of like, yeah, I'm really feeling more in tune with the bike, and I I feel a little bit more stable and steady and i feel like it holds top end speed better i'm like okay thanks dude but yeah that's that's about
1: that's gonna be that's quite of the year so far (laughs) massive marginal gain (laughs) what (laughs) what
0: What? (laughs) like like but you know what i'm saying like like and okay i don't know if you know what i'm saying but like i'll say this like like from someone who rides bikes all the time if you went from an alloy bike with alloy wheels and you're riding that to like a carbon bike with deep dish wheels and an aero bike it's something you do feel, but is it going to make you drop the whole group ride? No, but it will make you feel like you conserve that energy better. You stay fresher. And it's something that as a rider, you're going to feel that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. going to go uh, fast. Yeah, I agree. 100%.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my, I'm half laughing because it is true. I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. funny. It's like a Gordon Ramsay,
0: fresh frozen. <laughs> <laughs> what what? <laughs> what do you mean? I know, man. I don't. It's, it's massive margin. It's hard to cool. be in sales and be truthful at the same time. It's difficult.
1: Can we uh can we chat bikes then? Cuz you've you did the video on the elves mm-hmm. which you which you built up. Mm-hmm. Have you been riding it? Cuz that was the thing with that frame is I've seen a lot of videos people building it specs looking at it. I'm yet Cam Nichols got it then had to send it back. I'm yet to see yeah, I it, to see how it actually rides cuz it looks it doesn't look like it rides very well. So curious. Um so that.
0: I'll tell you this much. I People who know me know that I'm, I'm a little bit chunky right now. I'm not riding as much as I should. And I'll be flat out honest.
2: We're going to get into that. We're okay, going to okay, get into okay. that. Okay, so, so have I rode just, it? Just, uh, yeah. Yes,
0: I rode it twice. And on the second ride that I rode it, I jumped on a group. And my fitness level isn't the best, but I still have some kind of mess memory, memory. I've been riding since I was been like 15, so I'm okay. And then a guy passed by me on a Pinarello Dogma F. And he was doing like 24, 25, and I jumped on his wheel. And I held on. But I will say this, the aero bike itself, like the aero qualities. Now, I do have 65 millimeter deep dish wheels. But when I was riding that bike, it felt effortless to stay behind the guy. Like, I just felt like I had to turn the pedals and it held onto his wheels. Um, My power meter was dead. I don't know my wattage, but I I really didn't feel like I was working that hard. I felt like I could have stayed on his, his wheel the entire ride and just sucked up. But again, we only have like for 30 miles, it's about 200 feet elevation. So it's flat. Snappy, nimble. Yeah. I don't sell I, again. I don't sell elves either, so I don't have to. There's, there's nothing behind there. Yeah.
1: No. I'm so jaded now. I was almost going to ask, well, what, you know, what's the ride feel of it? And I'm like, oh, well, it depends what tires. Yeah, you have. exactly. I'm just so, am so jaded the, now. It's just, what's the point of even I ride, asking? I
0: ride 25c tires, <laughs> TPU tubes, 100 psi. I'm old school. Um, but again, we're so my <laughs> and then my roads. Again, that's that's another thing too. My roads are so smooth like i'm not I'm fortunate enough to where we live at the tax is good so like i'm literally riding like on a treadmill i don't have bumps the mm. entire time it's like it's it's just very smooth yeah. so that's again like what you said like maybe someone really does like uh feels uncomfortable on a crappy road bike mm. crappy roads sorry like
2: i don't want to get too much back to it but it's like just those little those bike review things and i'm whinging about them talking about being off-road i feel like and and part of that bike radar stuff and the cycling weekly stuff is they talk about the package of the bike. Like this is this is the package that you can buy, comes with this, comes with these wheels, comes with – and it's always like the last throwaway is is it comes with these tyres. And you're like, okay, some are the 28s, some are 30s, some are 25s. And like I still feel like with these bike reviews that to just test a bike with one set of tyres is simply not good enough. Because, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Jesse, like if, if I have two sets of 25s on my bike and I go and put two, even just 28s on the bike, it is a completely yeah. different bike. And like if I was to do a ride report review, I would have a completely different outcome for that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that mm. all day.
1: Yeah, but I guess in the spec, that's that's a difference in spec. But the problem is tires are relatively cheap and easy to change out, that it's kind of almost pointless discussing yeah, you, that in the package because you swap that's it bikes. if you're
2: tossing up between two bikes and you're told that one's got better ride feel than that one but all you've got to do is change you know th- put three mil more tire on that it's going to change it as well so i don't know i just i just sort no, of feel i like mean i'll get
0: customers come to <laughs> my store who buy a new bike and maybe say it's this bike is stiffer than the other bike or like it feels like it's more bone rattly like like they feel every kind of vibration through the road my main it's not like hey loves anything like that i'm like just put go tubeless and run like 75, 80 PSI. I'm like, if you really want to be comfortable on the bike, like for sure. But I never, uh, when I got into the sport, it's, I don't know, maybe it's like an old, like I feel like old saying this, but like, I'm just really old school. My dad taught me 120 PSI, 19 mil, 23 C tires. Like that's what I grew up on. Like that's what it was. Like Hmm. when I did try 28 for the first time and tubeless, it felt like my brother was behind me, like tugging my Jersey. And I feel like he was like, 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 I just always feel like it's a little bit more. I don't know. Again, it's mental to me. It's weird.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. I get it. I get it. Can,
1: I get in it. Your, uh, speaking of tires, in your shop, out of the relatively competitive enthusiast roadies, what percent would you say are running tubeless now?
0: A lot. A, a, a ton of them. Um, and, and I do want to say this I want to say that for the, everyone who's watching out there, tubeless to me is considered a performance upgrade. It's something you have to maintain, especially in South Florida where the heats are really high. I recommend changing out fluid six to eight months with this heat. Like our garage would get up to 104 degrees Fahrenheit. So after we put tubas fluid in some guy's bike who maybe rides once a weekend, that stuff is dried up. And then they ride out and say, I'm getting flat all the time. This, this isn't supposed to happen with Tubos. I'm like, well, you got to maintain it. You got to upgrade it. And then I get guys who get, they just buy a brand new pair of Contencil 5000s and they get a... A massive nail and they don't want to plug it so they have to replace the tire that's expensive whereas Mm. a tube you can maybe just put a boot up in there and 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 fix it but uh yeah i will say this a lot of people go tubeless no matter what even it's
1: really picked up yeah even if i
0: was to go and say don't do it they'll come in like next day with tubeless
1: they want they want it yeah Yeah. they want it even on uh, on oompa loompa's channel most of the guys are, are tubeless i hate to say chris i'm cooling a bit on tubeless Oh I'm I'm com- I'm really cool. Oh I was three years ago when we used it for that first year. I was totally converted. Now, I think the clincher tires these days, the new ones, the GP five thousand clinchers, they don't really flat that often. Yeah. And if you're running a latex tube, the ride feel and the presses presses you run are pretty similar because I race it between seventy and eighty psi. Kind of the same whether I have tubeless or not. I've got these eighty mil set up. Clincher, they're clincher only. I'm almost kind of like, it's not worth the effort. Have you tried now, TPU? I'm, I'm close to going back. Yeah, but my my pushback is
2: that the effort's becoming less and less. Like, geez, I can do it now. Like quite yep. easily. The the wheels and the tires seem to marry so well. Yeah, that's true. Like it's not like those first few ones that we were setting up, those some of those high roads on the that um, first iteration of the WTOs. Like that was proper. You didn't know what you were going <laughs> to well, get. That was going to be the rim, sealant though, on the ceiling.
1: Because I'm guessing your rims have no rim tape. They're just a Correct. ready to yeah. go. So I've right. got some, the wind space ones need rim tape and they lose air. And yeah. if I'm recommending to someone now, I'm like, well, it really depends on what rims you've got. So as a blanket statement now, two years ago, I was said, everyone, if you're racing should do tubeless. Now I've, I've come I've come off it a bit. Um, and then do you update your sealant, Chris? What If you've been running the yeah. tires for four or five months, do you take them off and clean out the old sealant? And uh,
2: no, I'll just put every every three months. Okay. I'll put uh, just through the – yeah, the, I've got one of the little syringes and just you squeeze talk, it you
1: in. Do, you, you do top it up. You, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: it's good. It's definitely. necessary, especially like it's, it's, yeah. it's a prof- – uh, yeah. yeah.
2: But no, Jesse, I was going <laughs> to ask the you. The other thing I found is that – just quickly, the one thing I found is like you do need to put a lot more sealant in a 28 and a 30, like a lot more. That's – that gets – I think people get really stingy with the amount of sealant they yeah, put in true. as well. Like, oh, it's all grams, all these grams. And they go cheap on a $10,000 bike. N- no, no. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But,
0: Jesse, I was going to ask you, do, have just, you ever tried TPU tubes or only uh, latex? TPU. Plastic. I've only tried Butyl. No,
1: I've only tried the Butyl and then like, for racing wheels, I run the like Try but...
0: those TPUs, man, the Ride Nows or whatever by uh, – That's I think it's on Pandapodium, but like um, – P- pirelli ride, na- ride yeah. now pirelli makes ride a pair now? yeah, yeah. Vittori makes a pair it's literally 33 grams a tube and it's and yeah. also it's super lightweight to a point where they say it's very very little rolling resistance like you said it pairs with the tire very well to a point where you almost don't even feel it and i think even right. um okay. Silca, i think they discontinued the latex tube and they're making like a tpu oh. tube
1: okay yeah right Oh, if I flat these, I bought a couple latex ones the other day, but if I flat them, I'll, yeah, I'll try them out. TPU. Okay. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, back in the G, old, the GP4000 S2s back in the day, I just remember getting quite a lot of flats. And then I went to Tubus. So I was like, this is amazing. I don't flat, but the tires these days, the clinches are so good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I'm yeah. And, and,
0: almost back in clincher territory. And back with Chris said too, back in the day, to make a two, I would take half a day to do a damn. A mountain bike, 2 was tire, or like you said, like the, the the tire, the cr- the rims weren't a high profile. The tires didn't have the best beat on them. Uh, I would have to wrap the rim with like six layers of rim tape just to take up some of that void of of space. And like, bro, it was, I would I would call a customer pissed. i be like, I can't do it. Take it back, and like tell him go somewhere else. Like I would just be furious about it at the end of the day.
2: We had a team camp in 2020, which was was meant to be like it was the everyone was getting their gear, getting the wheels, all the stuff. And we had two guys there, um, Izzy and Aaron, doing mechanics, and like they was trying to set the wheels up for the team. And now they're a day early, and like they had a full day to try and get some tubeless wheels set up. We had two wheels set up by the time we all arrived because it was and there was ceiling oh on the my ceilings. God, dude. It was just like it was like a murder yeah, taking. I've heard place. those
0: the the uh, tubeless yeah. blow ups in shops are horrible. Uh I I've only had one of my guys do it, Victor. Shout out to my buddy Victor. He's one of my best 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 buddies. He moved out of the shop, but uh he sold a guy a brand new felt gravel bike. And he pumped up the tie. I think he always recommended like forty PSI. He pumped up to like eighty PSI this gravel thing. And the customer was back there <laughs> and the shit blew up and we got tubeless flew all in the customer's face, all in the guy's <laughs> shit, all over the store. The guy was pissed. Uh I think we gave them some kind of discount for that. But yeah, uh, it was horrible. And uh,
1: how come um, for the people coming into this shop, why do they want road tubeless? What, what's the selling point? Flat. Is it the puncture protection?
0: Yeah, pr- punct- that's a flat protection all day. Yeah. Okay. They literally yeah. like swear they're not getting any flats. Like like we'll have, and th- and this is another argument I always say. They'll come in and be like, I've been running tubeless for three years. Not a single flat. I'm like, hey, hey, Ben, you're running clincher tires, right? Yeah, how many flats you got in the past three years? None, really. Like it's just like pre- preference, you know, or like personal experience.
1: Yeah, but I think that's in the that's in the tires though, because I used to get a flat. It was a constant, you know. Oh, maybe once, uh, once every three, four weeks. I'm kind of i haven't got a flat for a while. I'm waiting for one, but I don't think that's the case with the the newer tires. Yeah, but I'd have no to, the new tires. Or,
0: also, with the new tires, the STRs. They're all becoming now like a tubeless ready tire. They really don't make yeah. like a clincher only where they're really thin, like the, the STRs. People are running STR with tubes. And I'm um, like, that's really like, they make it at 5,000 still. That's only meant for tubes. But the people still run the STR because they want the new tire. That's a more tubeless protected oh. tire. Same with the uh, the new. Oh, you wouldn't
1: do that. You wouldn't run a tube in a tubeless
0: If some, uh, trust uh, intended me, a tire. Do it. Um, Crap. Uh, no. What's the name? I think the are Vittoria Corsas, Pros, those new ones. I don't know if they have a uh, tube version, but I think you're going to see people run those with tubes. Mm. Yeah, it happens a lot.
1: Mm, that's not a good idea. A
0: lot of consumers don't know that, and then they show up with
1: oh, uh, okay, pump-up hookless. Because it says tubeless ready, but when it says tubeless ready, the tire, and I actually mean, like, fucking run it tubeless. <laughs> It's too thick if you run a
0: tube. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's
2: a mountain bike thing, isn't it? Like all most mountain yeah. bike tires, or pretty much all mountain bike tires, are tubeless ready. Yeah. And I'm mostly all set up tubeless. But you know that's that's the it's just standard operating procedure that you can run a tube if you want. In well, that. that's
0: where my that's where my mm. issue with this, with hookless is that uh, I get people that buy bikes from other stores that come with Envy Foundation wheels, hookless wheels, and they got tubes in there pumped up to tubes are fine but like 100 psi i'm like dude that's like a bomb waiting to happen it's like the lack of consumer <laughs> education on the bikes that people are even running like or even giant all their wheels are hookless and uh, i'll be like oh what do you run this and it's like an older guy's like 100 psi like i always do i'm like ah oh, fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah go for it man no i'll tell him but uh yeah it's it's always very scary it sh- there should be some kind of warning like, like whenever you sell that bike to a consumer, it should be like on the valve, like a bright yellow sticker. Like these have a maximum PSI of blah.
2: Yeah. So I've got a question for you. Yes. Like it's pretty broad, but like so what does a customer actually want? And so I suppose the the it's a big question, but like my, my rationale for this is especially like if you're choosing between two things. So the, the reason I ask is like I've had this experience lately with um with my power meter. Okay, so I'm running Shimano Di2 on my bike, Great and I love yeah. it. Like I think it's. I think Don't it's let Chris talk
1: about his power meters. We'll be here all day. <laughs>
2: we'll be here all day. Like this, there is an end to the story. Anyway, I love the group set. It's fucking amazing, right? But the power meter kind of doesn't yeah. work, right?
0: Heard.
2: Yeah. So. But does anyone care? Because and the reason I ask that is like, you know, if you if someone is tossing up, someone is in the shop, and you've literally got the two the bikes there, and one's got SRAM Red and one's got Shimano, and is is are you ever saying to the person, "Oh well, just be careful that that power meter is not that accurate," or is that not even in the conversation? And or and vice versa, like, are you there saying, "Well, you know." Most most of the pros run Shimano, so you know, go that way. Like, or is that just not relevant to people? Like, is
0: They're, okay. What do th- they There's want? always there's always a, there's there's a customer for every single scenario, uh, for sure. I mean, like, okay. you got you got the the Jesse Coyle, the Chris Miller, the enthusiasts, the pro riders um, that literally wanted the analytics, stats, how things hold up. We have those customers. We also have the customers that literally just woke up underneath the rock and said, "I want to buy a road bike today." And literally, I'll be like, hey, what are you looking for? I don't know. And I'll be like, okay, well, let's fucking go through it, everything. <laughs> and I usually spend 50 minutes with them. They usually end with them walking out and saying, let me think about it. Um, and then I kind of have, like, the middle-of-the-road guys who, like, they buy a bike, they have money, usually buy, like, a $6,000, $7,000 bike. They just want to look cool after the gym, and ride something that looks badass, maybe ceramic OSPW, whatever it is. Um, but in terms of the power meter – I know about the Shimano power meters. I'm sure every bike shop owner knows about Shimano power meters. Uh, their, even last models weren't the best power reading models. Um, but sometimes they do come spec on bikes. Thankfully, our bikes don't come spec with them. But I think like Giant, they do come spec with it. So like if they were looking at a high-end bike that already has it on there, I would say, yeah, it comes with a power meter. It comes with this. It comes with that. And that's, I mean, it's a power meter. It's some work, some don't. Uh, for the for the Shimano, so like, I know it sounds bad, but I really wouldn't poke too much at that topic. But if someone was to build a frame with me and said, "Hey, I want to buy a Durace group set with this crank," I'd be like, "Might mm, like, get like get pedals, get a different crank, do whatever," and I, I'll be as honest as possible with them on that. Like I said, luckily, luckily, Specialized comes with the stage, uh the Four I parameter cranks, and Scott I think just doesn't come with it, and comes with a cork, which is great. But um, but yeah. I'll, or if it costs
2: but most people don't yeah, care is, is really my, care. my point. and that I don't I didn't want to like just harp on the the power meter thing it was more like did, it, what what almost like what's the deal breaker for for someone when it when it sort of boils down to some of these things
0: it, 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 it 100% that it is where i'll have a bike spec only with sram and some guy will be like i only ride shimano and it's the frame it's like a 16000 yeah, right. dollar bike like a scott foil guys like i only ride shimano and i'm almost tempted to be like i'll swap everything out but it's going to be a lot of work um, but yeah, a thousand percent. So either see a pro teams. So is uh,
2: are the are the are the group set wars over, as Jesse is called?
0: No, well, no, no. Oh yeah, No, not at all. No, That's what I called. Hundred no, percent agree not, with not the at Grant. All. No. Uh, the people uh, people are literally die hard enthusiasts. They don't. They say that it's better. You got Cervelo now running, or you got a uh, Jumbo Visma Jumbo Visma, riding SRAM Red. So now you got these people who are like, I want my Cervelo with SRAM Red because I want to look like them, and uh, yeah. And then you still have the diehards with the gearing of the 10-tooth. I so think it's amazing. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Still okay. exists.
2: So, okay, here's my other thing then. If if I've got a Shimano Di2 road bike, is, is that person now like if they're coming in to get a gravel bike, have they got to get a Shimano on that or are they a bit more open to, oh, well, gravels, you know, maybe that's SRAM's place. Like have you got to have all your bikes on the same thing? Or is there a bit more variety now? I
0: really do. Unless the customer completely doesn't know anything about it, I will usually push for SRAM on gravel and SRAM on mountain bike. I love that platform, how it works in there. The compatibility with different gearing in the back, the chainrings, I feel like they have a really good low-end gearing. And also the derailleur clutches are amazing. Super super stiff, super snappy. No, no, super stiff. Um, And the cage doesn't really slap around a lot, which I love. Um, And I'll... I'll really try to make sure the customer doesn't go Shimano on gravel. But then I have the people again, like the diehards are like, no, I love GRX. I love that, uh, that gravel group set. Yeah, yeah. I just, It's uh, really weird that Shimano doesn't make a high-end durace group set for gravel. They only make GRX.
2: Isn't that coming? Isn't that the whole thing? 12-speed 12, 12 GRX. It's still
0: like GRX. It's just like a group set. Like, like it's not even mm. like, like, they don't have tiers. It's only like that's their gravel group.
2: But see, I think like Shimano View Gravel, like the European Peloton View Gravel, like oh, it's that fun thing that those Yanks are doing <laughs> over there. Isn't that fun for them over there having that? It little, could be, yeah. We'll throw them a we'll throw them a bone with a little like mountain bike Ram group set, and the they can have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Sram goes Where hard. Srams away. like yeah. They're
0: like we got this group, All we got the XPLR in. group, we got the Sram Force. We got you can mix your you can actually run road shifters with mountain bike derailleurs. Like it's crazy. Yeah, they they go hard on it. Yeah, like like a vegan cyclist bike. He does that one by setup, which that's a cool setup. Yep. I'm gonna lie.
2: Yeah, I kind of rate that. Except he's got an overeating power meter. That's right. You heard it here. first Tyler. You have an overeating power meter. <laughs> we'll be proving that right. In have August. you ever tried a uh, Favero um,
0: Asimovs Asiomas?
2: Yeah, they're the they're the absolute gold standard. That's love why them. I don't want to use them. I don't even
0: sell them. I love them. Yeah.
2: Well, that was, was one of my chats that we didn't actually uh, – well, we kind of didn't follow up on last week was my big gripe from – one of my gripes from the Campy thing. I just think, like, they've missed a massive opportunity not partnering with Asioma or oh, Favero and integrating – like, Favero, are literally the best power meter ma- manufacturer in the world. And it's like, partner with them, create this absolute gold standard power meter system – and you've got a you've got an actual point yeah. of difference.
0: Yeah, incentivize anyway. the consumers to go over there now and be like, hey, look, like we I know we're a little bit overpriced, but we do have an insanely nice power meter on there. That'd be crazy. So okay, yeah. So every time I do a bike review video, I always get at least six or seven people in my comments. It does not miss people go, that's a overrated fifteen thousand dollar bike, overrated twelve thousand dollar sled. Um, that's too much money. I wouldn't buy that if it was four grand. And I always like respond with Okay, what to you would be okay to buy that at? Because bikes, like, bikes have still been expensive, even in the old days. Like, yeah, it was five grand, but five grand was still a lot of money for a bike back then. And it was mechanical, and it was, like, different shaped tubes and stuff like that. So, like, what to people would be okay for an S-Works top-tier bike? What would be the number that people feel would be comfortable? And also, wouldn't that just devalue the product if everyone had S-Works? like then you're just leaving the door open for some other guy to be like, yeah, well we have this. Um, and then like, it, there's always going to be someone, even if like the world got together and just agreed, like this is going to be the number one standard price for biking, $2,000. No bike can go over that. Some guy's going to go into the bike shop garage and be like, yeah, but this is like eight grand and people are going to want to buy it. I don't know.
1: The, the, my point on it is that if for every person that continues to come in and spend 20,000 Australian on a bike, the brands are going to, and I think already have started to cater more towards that. So the stuff that we consider to trickle down, even in the the 105 DO2, electronic only, which I think is good, disc only, that that's lifting the bottom end of the market marketer. Yeah. And I, so in a perfect world, they would have the S-Works and they would still have a really good value, high performance, let's say complete bike, let's say 4,000 Australian. Right. But that 4,000 Australian bike now is getting worse. Yeah. Because it's getting this trickle down from the $20,000 one, which isn't as good. Like they're going, and so they're going out of their way to make it look
0: worse. Like they're going out of their way to throw on cheaper wheels that definitely aren't warranting that price tag. I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a shame that you can't, that we can't, it doesn't seem like we can have both because as the brands get more and more expensive they're 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 not doing the same as they were at the bottom end in my opinion so i'm putting, yeah I, I mean
0: i'll i'll say that i think that they focus so much on the high end like you're saying like that that 12 or thirteen thousand dollar bike that they're like let, maybe the, at the year they're like hey let's just see if we can get 14 grand for this bike i'm like okay yeah these things are like crazy okay let's now let's make our five grand bike like but like oh that's too much value if we put carbon wheels in there it gives them no room to upgrade let's just throw on some dt r470 wheels and let's mm-hmm. just throw on, like, a cheap Sora, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I see it too much. And I almost become numb to it because of the fact that I see, like, you'll even see on the giant TCRs, which they do a great job pricing, but you'll see them do, like, a full 105 kit with, like, just, like, a plain Shimano crank on there. I'm like, just throw on a 105 crank. Make the whole group look good. And and call the same price and just eat it. It'll draw more consumers. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's...
2: It, is this Is this working for the bike industry? Like... We're, we're, we're hearing heaps of stuff about, oh, you know, bike industries going down the toilet, blah, 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 blah. Like, what are you saying? Like, it, is this tactic of charging massive amounts for what we all kind of regard as pretty No, average? I mean, it I'll tell
0: you this much. It's definitely not as fun as it used to be. I used to have so many clients walk in for a $700 bike, for a $2,000 bike, for a $3,000 bike, like, and enthusiasm into it. I don't see that consumer as much anymore. I don't know if it's because there's such a flood of used bikes and there's such good value of used bikes now. I mean, there's so many good, good used bikes out there for prices that are unbelievable now. Um, but I will say this as well, we sell through our whole inventory and then we order more bikes. Like people are still wanting to buy new shit, but they just bought the 2023 and then they take their 2022 and take a hit on it and they just throw it to the used bike market. Maybe that consumer is going to buy a $2,000 bike splurges for a $4,000 used bike. Which is now equivalent to like an S Works O Five with Durase on it still with rim brake, and people might be like, "Oh, that's that's from a couple of years ago," and but still high quality bike. So it's it's it is really really weird. I don't know if it's working as well because obviously the sales are slowing down. But I'm comparing it to COVID numbers, so it's weird.
1: Yeah, I got two things on that I want to chat through as well. Uh, so first thing. And unless the, because you, you brought this up, Chris, is why do, why are brands building UCI compliant products? Because until the UCI updates their rules, they have a, they've had a few updates, like that three to one rule with the f- tube shapes, so you can get a little bit more aero. So massive marginal gain that way. Wow. <laughs> uh, but unless they unless they totally change the rules around the road frame. The, as the prices go up, the performance isn't going to get any faster. And I've been of the opinion that there's been big improvements in the group sets. Shifting is amazing. The uh, the lubricants, so the speed of the chains have gotten really good. The tires have gotten really good. So non-marginal gains there, but the actual bikes, it's pretty cool that you can go on secondhand marketplace and buy a bike that I would say is just as fast and it's probably six or seven years old. And until the UCI updates their rules, I don't uh, like as someone who's riding a seven-year-old frame. I don't feel like I'm getting left behind yet. Yeah, but that kind of it, it makes sense because that's because they're opinion. still
0: making that seven-year-old frame around almost today's standards of UCI rules. So it's, I mean, like like I still see people. I people show me bikes when they're coming in to buy bikes for me, and they'll show me a bike to look at online, and I I always just say I can't compete with that because. I'm a small business, whatever. But they'll be like, "Yeah, look at this 2020 S Works Venge with DI 2 I'm like, "That's a that's a one of my favorite bikes ever, and it's like 4,500 bucks for five grand." I'm like, "I'm like, they're like, they're like, can you get this S Works down?" I'm like, "No, man. Like, what is? Compare apples to apples. So there's such there's. I mean, you have consumer direct. You have used bikes now. that are crazy, but uh, the used bike market is absolutely insane right now." I mean, the amount of people
2: are- I'd love to know what that used by market is because, like, if you, if, like, what you're saying, it is like taking off, like, surely that's shooting the bike industry in the foot because everyone's, bike, like, Jesse's going back and buying a 2016 TCR, which actually doesn't, doesn't generate any money for the bike industry. I just, I find it really weird. There's like this sort of two, it's almost like there's two economies going on. You're sort of saying, like, the bike industry's doing pretty good, like, people are still coming in and buying stuff. Well- and I have yet. to say
0: my my experiences are always different because of the place I live in. I live right next to Miami. Boca of zone
2: as with us. Yeah. But
0: so I, I always try to remember that. Like like people have really deep pockets here. But yeah, it's, I hear it other places. Like it's very competitive right now. But, mm. the, but
1: that's the path. That I can think that was sort of my point is the bikes aren't really getting any faster. So you can only get them more frothworthy. That, because unless they update the UCI rules... The only thing that's selling the 2024 model is that someone f- really, at the end of the day, someone froths it more and wants it. Yeah. And eventually, that's gonna you're gonna hit a point like that can't keep going on. That's what. That's why for the next 20
0: years, I mean, eventually, it's gonna have do something. Well, that's why I, I always see say different. I always say how much. I, that's why I always applauded Trek when they did that the butthole like the the Trek Madone thing or like these other bikes. Like whenever <laughs> they try something new, I, I, I do applaud it because I'm like you can always do so much to a bike, and people are like oh that's a scam that don't make no sense. I'm like. Well, they're putting a hole in a damn bike like like you can only change a bike so much and i do i do encourage these ideas it's like the Bianchi. um i don't know how much it does but like change your shape what else do you want people to do to a bike nowadays we've seen almost everything unless they change they really when they went from alloy to carbon it was humongous like it was a humongous change yep. for the bike industry i know carbon's cheaper and stuff like that but like everyone's like oh shit, carbon fiber bikes is amazing that's the best thing out i don't know what material mm-hmm. they're going to do next uh, that's really the only thing I can think of that, like they maybe come out with some kind of vibranium vibranium Captain America shield or something like that material that's like super strong light, everything like that.
1: Bring yeah. back the cannaval. Magnesium. Cannaval. <laughs> it's countervail to make it twenty twenty four. Do we, we never cannaval. found out?
2: Is there countervail in the new Bianchi? We never found out.
1: We'll have to buy one and cut it up.
2: We'll have to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> Ship that one over, Grant. Yeah, okay, yeah, I you.
0: Gotcha. Grant's
2: such a dick. He keeps sending me anytime he gets one or gets a review. He like sends me like a dozen pictures uh, of it. And he's like, here I you like go. The here lot. it is. Cool
0: and it looks way yeah. cooler in person. Like the pictures don't do it justice at all. It looks like a ba- It looks like a bike. Batman will ride. It looks like a bunch of different weapons on yeah. it and stuff like that. It really looks really cool.
2: Um, did you have another point that you wanted to say, Jesse, on that?
0: Uh,
1: Yes. Oh, The only thing was on the... The the UCI weight limit to me is also getting more bizarre because you went from alloy to carbon and it was 6.8 and then you went from rim brake to disc brake and it was still 6.8. You would have thought when you went to disc brake, in my head, for a safety point of view, the weight limit should go up a little bit for a disc brake bike because you're shifting around where the carbon is. So... Is this? I think the 6.8 kilo thing is really outdated because firstly, they're on disc brake now and you would think you could, if you're passing the UCI safety test, why can't they lower the weight limit? At least it would give somewhere for the brands to go. So you get a, you know, there's the challenge. Make a Cervelo S5 weigh five kilos.
0: Yeah, that'd be crazy. I mean, that'd be really bad.
1: I mean, (laughs) that's, there you go. There's like something to work towards. Uh
0: or actually like you said, like but make a difference, make a difference between that 12000 twelve thousand dollar bike. Like make the $12, 000, five kilos and that five thousand dollar bike be seven kilos. Like it's crazy to me that it's that, like that was that seven 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 across the board. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, and often more and often heavier. Yeah. Like, you know, a Scott Foil as frothy as that is, and I desperately would love one, like yeah, it's seven point five kilos yeah. minimum.
0: What was yeah. the ultimate I did? I think it was what so. like six eight
2: seven two. Oh, was it that low? Was, that was it
0: pretty? It was pretty light. Okay. It was, and it was yeah. also SRAM red, and also had pretty deep dish wheels on. But it was a cool bike.
2: That the paint job on those bikes, I reckon, look must be really nice in oh, real beautiful. life because they, they yeah
0: beautiful. They've been so
1: let off the hook though because people are just like well weight doesn't really matter because it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it doesn't it it doesn't cost this blah blah blah. But it's like. You just stop giving them a free pass. If you want, it is it is a way to make a bike faster in certain conditions is to make it lighter. So this free pass we've given where suddenly weight doesn't yeah. matter. No. Well, where else are you going to make up? The frame's going to get so air. I used to
0: applaud, like like everyone thinks it was a cash grab, but I used to applaud so much when Specialized did their or Ultra light or Ultralight editions, like the SL6 Ultralight and the Ultralight Epic. Like that was such a cool concept. Like, hey, we have this one, but this is like their race one. And I built up a, a complete S-Works Epic size large with xx1 to the t everything pedals on it i think it was like 19 pounds which was crazy It's like nine kilos yeah, right. for a complete estrix yeah. epic ultra light with hydraulic disc brakes super badass i wish i did more stuff like that
1: yeah and that'd be cool rocking up to the cafe i mean now it's sort of who's got the most aero bike is cool but i don't know back in the day you'd rock up to the cafe and it's like oh i can you lift it with your pinky and everyone's like Picking up, like, whoa, that's sick! It's like, what, what happened to that froth? It's kind of gone now. I
2: find it weird that no one ran a rim brake bike in that final TT at um, the Giro. Yeah, like you looked at those bikes. I don't, I don't think anything. Maybe they got it down to to six point eight, but like you could have were. easily done that on a rim brake bike.
1: I, I think just found that was Probably at six. The those Pinarellos. They probably got them in that F- x light sp- um layup spec I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing they're probably already at 6.8 anyway. I mean, yeah, then you yeah. could argue is is a 6.8 rim brake faster uh faster than a 6.8 disc brake because of aero or whatever,
0: I don't know, but the massive is margin. Much of a much-
2: <laughs>
0: what do you mean? Like I mean like 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 the six, I I always thought, so I did that one video where I did the the alloy wheels versus deep dish carbon wheels. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I was like holding whatever it was. I think it was like 200 watts in my head. I'm like, this is for like the everyday consumer. It's not for the ricers or whatever. I was like, this is going to be like 200, and it's going to be a big difference. And it was like I think like I 0.8 miles per hour, which is significant, but I thought it was going to be like one to two miles an hour speed. So like the six eight rim brake to disc brake, I feel like if you did a video on that, holding wattage, same course, it would be like nothing. I mean, you
2: get, every, every one of the like comparison videos that I've done. Like, there's literally oh, no difference it's crazy. between anything. I, I mean, I t- that's even the friggin factor in the titanium bike it was like a kilo no. difference. I'm like, it's basically the yeah, same. It is crazy. I'm like, Jesus, this is depressing. I
0: thought for sure I I yeah. ran the uh, the one that I did with the tubeless versus the non tubes. People said that are different tires for sure. I get it. If I have one tubeless set of tires and I ran one of the fast TPU tube. I think that was like. A point nine difference. Um, one was hundred psi, and yeah, one right. was uh, tubeless. And again, point nine. If you're riding point nine miles an hour, almost one more mile an hour full next to a rider for a whole hundred and twenty miles, that's pretty significant that they're gonna have advanced over there. Yeah. But that was like people were like, yo, you use a stupid tire on that one. I'm like, all right, cool, man, thanks. YouTube comments are great. Great for that. Great for the health. <laughs>
2: Speaking of health, you're riding much, Matt? What's what's talk talk me through it? Talk me through the, the riding regime currently. Where where are we at? Um What are we trying to Riding for?
0: regime. No, I've never been the guy to ride for a purpose. I usually just I used to ride so I could go out and drink and maybe eat a whole box of pizza. Um <laughs> and then ride the next huh? day. And then when I was in my twenties, to so 21, 22, I could go out and drink all night and then ride the group ride the next morning. But right now, no, I'm riding once once a month, maybe, maybe pushing it. I just got, but hear me out. Ooh, hear me out. Here we go. My wife's a teacher. I take the kids to school every morning, so I wake up at six fifty. I take the kids to school, so no riding during the week in the mornings. And I work retail usually till seven at night, uh, or at sixth night. I gotta go to the gym to work out of these, you know. Um, and then Saturdays I have off, but usually I go out like Friday night with like my wife for like a dinner and have like glass of wine or drink or whatever.
2: I'm like, I don't really-. get yeah. rid of that. Get rid of Dayton. Right? I know. I, did, I don't
0: want to, I, I, I'm like, should I ride? <laughs> I'm like, the only thing it's going to do is just hurt my back. Cause I haven't rode in so long. And, and uh, but yes, I'm only riding once a month, uh, but I promise you guys, I'll ride more for you.
2: So you were at, at like at one stage riding pretty, pretty regularly. Like, cause you grew up. Yeah. So, bikes, I mean,
0: in it? all honesty, I grew up, my dad owned the store. So I grew up, my dad got me on a bike at 11. And I hated it every single day. I don't only want to play Xbox and video games. I hated it. I played hockey competitively. Uh, but I, like the waking up early, the riding the bike with the dad, making me do something I didn't want to do, I was the worst kid ever. And uh, but I always had <laughs> I was still like such like a bratty kid. I had like a like probably like an S works Tarmac or something like that I didn't appreciate and just threw it on the ground. But <laughs> but, uh, but um yeah, at one point I was riding before I had the kids, four times a week out of seven days, I was riding about 42 miles. was like 65, 63 kilos, kilometers, sorry. Um, uh, a day. And that was when I was like my peak physical. And there was only like two of us, three of us in the group. I absolutely loved it. It was a sh- shop ride right in front of our group. And, uh, we would ride consistently like, like, like just at an easy pace, like 23 miles an hour side by side. And I felt really strong. I felt really, really good. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm not like the full, I've, I'm not the Jesse Quill, I'm not the, the Chris Miller of like the crazy power analytics, the fast fast rides. Like I enjoy them, a you know, fast group ride. But I'm not the one pulling the front. I'll suck a I'll suck a wheel and just be like, yeah. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what's the what's the kick like? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm trying. To, the reason I'm sort of thinking about it, like, is if, if we're setting up a you know a bit of a YouTube team here. You're like what? 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 What role are we giving you? Are you? You know, you've, you've got the guns, but I'm not sure how that sort of plays I'll, in the in the final kick. I'll tell you like, this too.
0: I did have I have an injury when I was 22. I have a full hernia L5 L4 disc. Uh, full hernia, like full sciatic nerve pain down to my, my foot and everything. If I do, beautiful. One day I was working at my store. I took a bike off a hook and I turned, and I couldn't even. Oh. It felt like someone stabbed me in my foot with a knife, and uh, I had to do physical therapy for six months, and that was from weightlifting. <sighs> Back in the day. And uh, it was so young. And the guy's like, how'd you even get this? I usually see like 40 or 50 year olds here. I was like, I guess I just got a weak core. And so now when I do get on the bike, even at my age, it's manageable. But like I was talking to you guys, I might pop an Advil or something. Like that, um, just to even get on the bike or whatever. Because I want to be on these aero race bikes. I want to look cool. I want to slam my stem. Because that's what I used to do. Maybe it's time for me to get Roubaix. I don't know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Have, have 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 you measured the sprint recently? The which one? Watts wise. Have you got? Have you got any sprint numbers
0: for us? No. The last time I rode, no, was when I had the tarmac SL seven, and I was like a thousand watts. Yeah, yeah. But again, like I never, I never had a train. I would love if if you guys are close to me, like even like in the United States, I would come out and take like a training session with you guys, and put me through. I love competition. Like if someone, if there's another guy in the yeah. room next to me, and they say they're faster me, or they or we're in a group ride next to me, I will try my best and i will get no. dropped and i have no shame in my game. Um going
1: has got to be a youtube cycling race. Hosted in yep. it's got to be hosted in China <laughs> or 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 the UAE somewhere. No, UAE. Sure. Yeah, I would love handle Shut down <laughs> a circuit and we'll just send out we'll send out invites. I'm coming with a crew all the I'm coming with the e-cycling YouTubers.
0: <laughs> is
2: it any is it every man for himself or do we like do we team up? No, I, I like the idea of teams. teams. No, you, yeah. guys like, yeah. all, you
0: guys aren't fair though. You guys screw you guys, bro. You guys are strong. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you guys could we'll pick get, one more person uh, on your team, who would it be? Oh, good question. Oh, I mean, there's three of us right now. You know, we're all looking yeah. good.
2: Uh, I th- okay, <laughs> five. I reckon five man team. Five man team. Um,
0: you don't have to pick me. I'm not a YouTube cyclist.
2: Oh, no, we're, we're already no, picked. Bro, you're I'm, I'm going to be
0: DNF as soon as the thing starts. <laughs> yeah, we need you for the sweeper. You sit on the back wheel <laughs> yeah, and <yes>. just No, <laughs> man. I'll <laughs> probably be at the. You know how they have like oh, the drives no, donuts? I'll be in the donuts at the beginning. Definitely. It's Defin- going to be
1: EJ from NorCal 2 as the sprinter. He's, a he's doing about Legit. 2,000 watts at the moment. So he's a monster. We'll launch him off. Uh, yeah. Who else?
2: Oh, the, um, the Welsh guy. He'd be the best uphill, wouldn't he?
0: Who? Oh.
2: Um, Ed. Ed Laverick.
0: Laverick. Ed yep. Laverick. Yep.
2: Yep. I reckon.
0: Motoring through. There's,
2: yep. there's, there's, there's my five-man team
0: I don't want to be on the five-man. No, I okay. don't want to let you guys down. Because if I get a DNF, then you guys won't even... Then we'll get disqualified. <laughs> Do we know if Oompa, Oompa rides? Oh, yeah. Not he sure. rides. He rides. He rides? Yeah, yep. get him in there. What about Lantern? Get him on... The, get, stick him <laughs> on the front. Yeah, so... Actually, I forgot workout. about that. So yeah. I, t- I always tell people this because I got my customers come in and joke with me. And I always say, look at me as like a, a great coach. You got Steve Kerr who was on the Michael Jordan mm-hmm. basketball team. Never the best player, but he saw greatness. Mm-hmm. So I got all this information around me. I'm, I'm not the most athletic guy, but I got good information around me. But uh, in terms of racing, though. So are you
2: trying to sell yourself hey, as like the, the team, road captain here? Is that I'll what be in the team, team car.
0: Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'll okay. bring my truck. I'll bring my, my diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Just like blow black smoke everywhere. <laughs> are, you,
2: what, are you watching anything else on YouTube? Like what's, what's, what's coming across your
0: anything uh, in terms of cycling or in terms of um yeah, uh, yeah i don't know. i watch Whatever. a lot of uh watch a lot of like video game stuff and also like finance stuff too but uh oh. and, so do you, do you watch cycling youtube much? i do i do i watch cycling youtube oh, for yeah. products to be honest with you on the power stuff and like the water stuff um i don't follow like like whenever you guys talk about ftp or if you say like hey top five tips to get like stronger on the bike I'm not really looking to get stronger. on the bike. I just really want to ride for my enjoyment. And, like I really do enjoy it. But like, if you come out with like, like the Rafa shoe I might check out, or when you did your, your review of your bike, uh, Jesse for your giant, I was like, that looks like a badass bike. So i like to see what people are doing, what they're picking and the reason for it. Um, I do watch a lot of David Arthur's videos because he's very similar to me, just way more professional. Uh, I don't even want to put myself <laughs> in a category of, of him because he's like full on journalist. Um, but yeah, I love new products. I watch China cycling. I watch NorCal stuff as well. I was a big fan of NorCal when he had specialized now that he's on the, uh, the, uh, the, no. no. but, uh, yeah, that's Hambini. I'll watch only so much, you know, I I can only take so much of just like someone just negatively pounding something over and over again. Um, but yeah, like whenever it's like something I know, I'm like, Oh, I got to watch this. What about you guys? That's funny.
1: So you were a fan of NorCal. I wonder if that's a common thing. Of oh, he's not that cool guy on, on S Works anymore. I'm not. Okay, that, no, but not that I have. Sh- I had a
0: reason to because like I look at like YouTube as let's let's be honest. I started like there are people on YouTube who start YouTube for like a passion project. I looked at YouTube as like yeah. I see these YouTubers like like obviously like Jake Paul, Logan Paul. I don't watch them. but I'm saying like these like insane like, people are, like I'm making so much money off YouTube, I'm, like. Let me try YouTube and see what happens. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, it sounds like it's like so. I look at YouTube as a business almost. I don't. I try yeah. to invest time into it, and if it's worth my time, I'll do it. And that's why my videos are kind of low quality because I'm not the best of it. Because I've done edited videos, but they don't hit as well. Um, so when Norcal was on S Works products and he was giving his reviews of them and his differences of them, and he was giving feedback, that's a great guy to get information from, even for my store as well hear what he's saying about the bike. He's a pro rider, or he's a Cat1 rider. Um, hear what he's saying so I can talk to my consumers as well about a Cat1 rider. Because I am by no means a caliber one racer in caliber uh, at that level. But I would like to know what he's feeling compared to other bikes he's ridden.
1: Hmm. So what on the YouTube thing then, um, do you still do it because it makes you money? Yeah. Are you making money yeah, through I'm, it? I make, like, I make a, or you just do it for fun now? I make a, for,
0: for what? From AdSense or through the feeding into the shop? Since I got monetized... From the once I got the thousand subscribers, the first month I got was like a thousand dollars. Um, okay, and then yeah. ever since then, I, I mean, th- there's a website called Social Blight you can go on to and pretty much see everyone's analytics for, for estimated monthly reviews. But I make on average anywhere from two two to three grand a month on YouTube. Uh, yeah, okay, and, and yeah. my videos, like I said, aren't the craziest by no means, but that's great side money, that's great, amazing money. I mean. Mm. And then plus, mm. if I get uh, the affiliate codes with WinSpace or the affiliate codes with uh, Elite um, Nova to Ride, I do like their product a lot, but they also give me a kickback on their product too. And then,
2: are you actually getting? Is that, is that actually turning into a bit yeah, of a during, revenue spinner? Uh, dur- during for COVID you? time, when they first the, got the,
0: that, like, I don't know if I, I don't know. If I, well, I mean, it's my code. Like, like when I got um, WinSpace when I did theirs, I got like a thousand dollar check one time for a month off like referral for yeah, referral right. codes.
1: Huh. so it's yeah. not, it's close to AdSense almost yeah, dude it was crazy I mean I mean, and in like
0: months. again it's something I do stand behind with that even though the Elite wheels I'm riding Elite wheels right now I think they're great products for what they are now I don't know how the customer <laughs> service is on those wheels but I think it's great the, the Nova the Ride OSPWs I think it's a great way for a person to step their foot into an OSPW and don't want to spend 500 bucks it's like 250 or something like that but uh, one, yeah I did one video this was crazy this was like This is mind blowing to me. I I I don't even know what happened. That Thanksgiving Day video that I did on Black Friday, where I did a whole video about inventory down or something like that, I got like two hundred fifty thousand views. It was just me talking. I literally woke up from a nap because I worked Black Friday. I woke up from a nap. I'm like, "Babe, let's gotta record this video." Then we'll go to movies with the kids. I just like kind of sat down. I was like, click record. I just talked to the camera for like eight minutes. It got two hundred fifty thousand views. I guess around that time, AdSense was paying great. Because it's the holidays, people are buying stuff. They want to advertise stuff. And that one video did like twenty five hundred dollars, just that one video alone. Mm. And I was yeah, blown well. away by that month. I got like forty five hundred bucks.
2: That's how I was introduced to you. Oh yeah, way.
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's. I yeah. mean that that time was crazy. But like I said, like I went to the movies with my kids. Or we watched some kind of Pixar movie. I get out of the movie theater. I check my the YouTube app, and it's like forty thousand <laughs> views, like in the first like, whatever it was. I'm like, what the? Fuck? I'm like, hey, I'm like. I'm like, this is just me talking and pissed off and people are liking it. And, uh, yeah. I'm like, who's this
2: guy sitting in his friggin' garage <laughs> you, having a sook about the bike industry. And he's like, what's the, who's, what
0: is was this really, guy? It was just really weird you how know. it worked out. But yeah, I was surprised by that. And I was like, babe, I'm like, if I just had a 250,000 view video every day, we could be rich, <laughs> but I, <laughs> 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 then obviously the ads didn't do as well. But, um.
2: That affiliate link things that surprises me how much how well that was doing. Because like, you know, it, we've had a few opportunities to do that. And I've kind of turned well not turn it down, but just haven't really gone down the route because but I think maybe because it was WinSpace. Well, that, and was win space. that was prime time WinSpace. It's already on was I I don't yeah, make okay. that nearly
0: now. Um But uh but I know what you're talking about. I get I get hit up from every Joe Schmo out there with a, a wheel review that they wanted me to do, and they say that they'll offer me an affiliation code. I'm like, there's nothing new there's nothing that's going to excite the consumer it's a 1200 hundred dollar wheel that you guys are offering from whatever and they want to give me an affiliate code i'm like it's not something i really want to push like whereas a WinSpace, mm. i liked them so much that i brought them into my store to sell i think the product looked good it was yeah. a great alternative price point and um and even that like if i don't have the wheels in stock i'm like hey just use my code and get a discount mm. uh so i
1: personally mm. i have no problem with affiliate links i think it's probably one of the I'm glad you make money off them. I've never I've always wondered, you know, the people put those links in the codes, like, is that actually doing anything? So it's interesting. But it's the least a obnoxious way
0: to to advertise. I mean the, the consumer you gets know, a that,
2: discount. You, that's what I mean. I don't have a problem with them. It's more that I just I just didn't think they actually generated it. I mean, anything. the consumer's
0: mm. getting a discount, the the guy talking about it's getting a kickback, and then the company sells a product. Like it's 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 not mm. like they're just using my code for nothing. They they usually I get mm. people email right. we're, me we're, like, hey, I'm looking at buying this. Do you have a discount code for? I'm like, uh yeah, I do, and uh, I'll
2: send it to him. So we're super deep in now. So now I can get you to ask answer anything. No. Um, <laughs> how much? No, no, no. But like, how much? Well, not pressure, but like, in terms of s- selling specialized over another brand in your store. I mean, it makes you more money, doesn't it, to sell a specialized product? Is that is that no. fair? Like, if, no, 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 there's okay. no,
0: like, like if I sell more, they don't reward me more. Um, it's, okay. it's a pretty clear cut partnership and there. And like I said, I do do my good fair bashing of specialized, um, during that time during COVID, but everyone's kind of like that. And I think I just had, I was one of the the lucky ones that have a platform to kind of do it, um, and save it freely. But with specialized, their product is really good. I, everyone loves their product that I know of. I know they're expensive. Yeah, but they do do a good job at innovating. Um, And then the one thing I do like that I do usually sell people on is their warranty Um, in that matter. And I usually tell people this too. I go, whenever something does happen to your bike, it's a hassle free for you. You come back to me, I deal with it. You drop off of me alone. I talk to the specialized rep and then I'll handle the situation for you. And I just try to be as open as possible with them. I'll be like, Hey, this customer either, this was a manufacturer defect, or maybe this customer did a little bit extra here, but he's a good guy or uh, he's been a customer of me for a long time. Maybe can we do this for him? and they're one of the best companies i've worked with in terms of customer support or, or dealer support uh, excluding toy 2022 But do you have freedom
2: my, I suppose my my point is is like how much free like the melee that at envy melee how much freedom do you have to push that because it let's it's meant to go up against the SL7 yeah. so are you like, would they get pissed off if you do a video and go, shit, this Envy's awesome. Like, it's a total SL7 killer.
0: No, because I like that's why I hold it. Everyone who always emails me, they go, I'm looking for your shop. I can't find GC Performance. I try to be away from bicycle generation as much as I could because that's not my shop's name. So I could kind of speak like that. Um, but also, if I was to take in, like, I can't just be a bike store and be like, hey, Envy, I want to sell one of your bikes. Anyone who sells a bike, they want yeah. a commitment for you. So they'll be like, hey, you want to sell Trek in my store? You give us a two hundred thousand order, or give us a three hundred thousand order, and and that way, you they know we're serious. We know they're serious. They won't screw us by putting a dealer right next door, so we know kind of know that we have like their backing, um, and also that like even with the Envy melee, is it really good for me to have a bike that competes against the SL seven? So I confuse my consumer. You know, like why would I bring a mm-hmm. melee in there when I have a bike same price point? I mean, it's, it if the Envy was like. $3,500, bucks. i would be like, okay, now it's a difference. But to, to be like the same price, it doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah, okay. That was really interesting. Like, I got so many messages from people last week saying, you're so, you missed the mark completely, guys. There's envies everywhere. And I was like, I've literally never yeah, seen uh, one. Yeah, I've
0: never seen I've one. Only, I've only done the one video on that one guy's bike, and I reached out to him because he bought it from another mm. store. And... They, ha- they sell them over there. And I know another store sells them down the street for me too. You can basically get them if you're an Envy wheel dealer. So that was a pretty cool thing. You could use mm-hmm. your, your money you spent on MD wheels to kind of say, hey, give me some frames for that. But again, like the frame, I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, but the frame of it, it looks really sloping. It didn't look that mm-hmm. cool. The branding was kind of off. Um, the, the, the fenders on the, on the bike, like you said, the fenders on the bike to me, when I even did the review, I'm like, do you really want the fenders on your race bike? It doesn't, like, even 35 mil tire option. Like, who are you selling that to? Is someone really buying this bike say, that's the first thing I'm going to do is put 35 mil tires and put fenders on there? <laughs> no. It's so weird to me.
1: So were well, people are saying that we... they're popular, Chris, they didn't yep. agree that they're not So I'm actually trying more. to
2: flick through these messages here. So I've got but... the, this, this guy here. So this guy's in um, Portland. So what sort of north, north northwest. He's saying they're everywhere. Oh. Um this guy here is just I've lots of people sending me pictures of their <laughs> but Portland like, that but... non-mainstream state <laughs>
0: where like they don't like anything mainstream, so they want to be like that enthusiast, you know? <laughs> so like I can see yeah, that. True. <laughs>
2: That's a fair point. But compared well, to their wheels, to the we...
0: every second person I see has envy wheels. so I can't remember seeing an envy in r- real life on the road. I'll no. be I'll be honest with you too. No. I've I've but... seen a fall off of Envy and Zip wheels in terms we used to be a huge seller for zip. Once they both went hookless only. We've seen that, 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 that whole platform kind of like die as much or the demand for Envy. Like the, the Envy 6.7s were one of the most popular selling wheels that we sold. 6.7, Chris King Hub, uh, J-Hook spokes. Uh, they looked amazing. They were a really badass wheel and they were like kind of fresh and enthusiastic. They didn't really haven't changed their branding or look in so long. So like, I don't know yeah. if maybe people are just like, eh, Envy. You know, like, they're great wheels. Both the companies are outstanding products and, and, and offer great support. But, um, I don't know, they really haven't. They impressed. don't have
1: carbon spokes. Yeah, they don't. Everyone wants carbon spokes. I guess so. It's not frothy, it's not frothing anymore. <laughs>
0: but like if you were able to change like your graphics on MB's customers, the one thing I've learned is they like uh, options. They like options. Like, like if you even yeah. just like, if you were to come out one day and just be like, hey, this, this product I have right here and now I give it to you in colors, people go crazy.
2: Well, interestingly, so there was one guy here who said he's from Washington, D.C. He's just bought the Melee. It's the blue pink one. So there's a new colorway supposedly coming out. His local bike shop gave him a quote unquote great deal. Sure, he did, Grant. Sure, he sold him (laughs) up one there um
0: envy really wanted him on it they just really had to have like again like like, if you're gonna sit there and say you got a great deal on that store might be wanting to move that frame and yeah sometimes you get a bike because you got a great deal on it. it's not because of the fact he chose a bike at a fair price point (laughs) against the board Hmm. um but again yeah the lack of turning decals too, the lack of color options like envy said they're going to come out decals you can put over there again like you guys said it looked like a just like a regular open mold bike what you guys do for fun on the weekends? You guys go out uh, we guys watch on tv
2: uh, i was waiting for you to answer jesse
1: uh what do i go uh do on the week i uh, take the dog for a walk uh you're probably talking to the two most boring people in sydney <laughs> uh, that's uh that's
0: it. um well we might have to cut this well, out okay i was gonna, well, i was gonna uh, ask you this too then okay what's it like being in the future because right now it's monday right Like no lie. Have you ever seen? I will say
2: no. What? What? Hang on, just quickly. What I will do, will say on the weekends is yeah. We've just we've started down the rabbit hole of um, kids sport. So both our girls are now playing Aussie rules, which is probably a sport you've never seen in your life. It's quite. It's honestly, they'll never watch this. It's horrific. It's terrible to watch because they're just. They're just. They don't really know the rules. They don't don't even know what they're doing. They're just standing around in a mud pit sort of playing around. But they're having an absolute ball, I think, doing it. But that massive stitch up with it is that it's not like there's not many girls' teams. So they're spread all over the city. Um, Yeah. So the weekend's game was in Cherrybrook, which is like an hour away. And they've got to be there an hour (laughs) before the game to warm up. They're frigging eight. Like what? Anyway. So there's there's a bit of that. And, yeah, look, we're deep in the um, going to birthday parties. We're at a rock climbing COVID super spreading event yeah. on yeah, um, yeah. Saturday afternoon, um, which actually was kind of fun. That was pretty cool. I would have loved that as I a kid. I just put my, my daughter in nice, soccer, so it's pretty funny and and
0: we're all on the same page there.
1: Very weird. But yeah, we usually I'm race desperately... a lot. That's the thing. It's yeah. a weird time now because we're kind of going into winter. There's not that much going on. Yeah. Chris has had COVID, which has fucked him. I've got a broken rib. Yeah. So it's a bit, ugh, we're a bit down. But usually we're like we're doing crits and, yeah. So yeah, we usually got the more week, stuff yeah. Weekend
2: going on. is normally for us is like I'm just so used to, and this is like from when I was a kid. W- w- the weekend is when you play sport, and so that's like I would play. I'm still want I play sport on yeah, the yeah. weekends normally, and that is racing my bike. Yeah, um, so that's. That's kind of it. What do we do outside of that? I, uh.
0: I have a real question. You don't have to put this in a video. It's just for you two. And this is not, I'm not joking by, this, by any means. Have you guys ever seen like an advantage of being a day ahead or like kind of like a day ahead? Like if there's a product release, like has there ever been like a slip up or like you got something? Like is that like a real thing? Like it's weird to me that it's a Sunday night and it's a Monday morning over there.
2: Kind of works the other way around. Yeah. You, 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 you feel like you missed, you missed it. Oh, okay. Because, like, it's like you, you, something might, a lot of the time, something gets released or news happens during the middle uh, yeah, of the yeah, night. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. And you wake up to, like, oh, what? Like, a new iPhone?
0: That makes oh. sense because uh, yeah. Total Rush, I follow them, Total Rush Cycling, and they're, I guess, in Australia, Melbourne, I think. And, yep. yeah, especially when I see yeah. their product, like, I'll see something like the label release, and the next day, they'll put out their whole Instagram propaganda of everything so I'm like okay yeah it makes sense
2: yeah no it's it, and I, even when I lived in Europe you, it's really weird like you felt like you were in the the kind of you were you, you were at the coal face. like everything was happening because it was in your time yeah. zone do you know what I mean like you felt like yeah you weren't this irrelevant thing like <laughs> miles and you do you do feel the distance you 100% do feel the distance
1: yeah very oh, much but from a business yeah. point of view it's better so because nothing Friday's nothing really happens on Friday anyway for, for, in, from a business sense usually so i basically have like as a coach i work with a lot of people overseas i have uh if if i get busier and i don't get to something over the weekend or something gets out of track i basically have monday until you know sort of the afternoon makes sense to get work done while it's still there we, other people's yeah, that's, weekends that's really good. so i have a little i have a little catch monday mornings uh, so yeah, if I fuck, if I've forgotten to done someone's training for let's say the next week or something. I get to, I can do that on Monday before it's there next
0: week. Yeah, you so gotta do. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sign like for that. your train course, man. We gotta make it a series together, where you train me and watch. Yeah, like I don't know what I want to be at, but like, like if you, if I, I had some structure, I feel like. I mean, like I said, I used to play. Oh, well, you have to ride more than we have to get you on the bike. Okay,
1: more than once a month.
0: All right, <laughs> we've
1: got to, we've got to ditch
2: the, ditch the gym. Don't forget yeah. about the guns. I, Jesus. I like the gym like,
0: because it's like, okay, the gym is literally right behind my house. And I, I can jump back there. Like, like what I do is I drop off the kids at 6.15. I, and I drop off, my, drop off my daughter at school, my son at daycare. By the time I get back from daycare, it's 8.15. Then I let out my dog. It's mm-hmm. an asshole. Let out my dog. Then I drink my pre-workout.
1: What type of dog? Like golden doodle. Uh, yeah, brutal, dude. Same as, well, we're oh, a, with two oodlers here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're an
2: oodle. We're a something oh, oodle. Oh, God, dude. It's uh, brutal. We're a my my wife picked I my, my dad
0: because my dad bought him by a mistake, and then he realized he couldn't take care of it. And then my wife's like, I'll take it. I'm like, no. Like, that dog's <laughs> going to be in our family when my daughter's 18. And now I have to deal with that. But So I would take my dog, drink my pre-workout, drive to the gym, get about a 40-minute workout in, and I have to drive later to the store. Like, I can't ride there yet.
2: Mm. Mm. what's in the pre-workout mm. what are we running a bit of, uh, of no, uh, some like bit of cocaine what's happening definitely there?
0: some bad stuff it's like 600 milligrams of caffeine and uh <laughs> it's just like it's uh you get the tingles in the face i really do like it though oh yes
2: all right i reckon we leave it there grant thank you so much for joining us again we'll do it probably i reckon just after the tour again we'll see how we're going for some tech Jesse, thank you for your time and make sure to subscribe, like the channel. I'll obviously leave the links to Grant's channel down below as well. All right, guys, see you in the next one.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days
2: in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.